0: Lauren Trees, Principal Research Lead for Knowledge Management at APQC. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today I'm excited to be here with two fantastic KM practitioners, both of whom will be speaking at APQC's upcoming 2022 conference. The first is Sawyer Hamilton, who is the Knowledge Base Administrator at Elevations Credit Union. And Sawyer, I know you've been really as instrumental as Elevations has grown in figuring out how to standardize knowledge and make it readily available to people as they work. So I'm glad you're here. And Caroline is the Knowledge Management Consultant at Shopify. And Caroline, you've been involved in building KM strategies and systems with teams across the company. So we're glad to have you here as well. Thanks, Alan. So obviously, we've got two very different companies, Elevation's Financial Services, so very conservative regulation-driven industry. And then Shopify is e-commerce, so global and very much of the new economy. But that said, both organizations very customer-oriented, so you're trying to mobilize institutional knowledge to serve customers. And also growing rapidly, so you want to get new employees up to speed and and give them access to just-in-time knowledge so they can work effectively from day one. So I thought it would be fun to talk about how both of you use KM in your organizations to solve problems for the business. And obviously, supporting the business starts with figuring out what the business actually needs in terms of knowledge and, and knowledge management. And sometimes they don't really know how to articulate that very well. So I was wondering how you make sure in your organization that that KM is solving the right problem. Caroline, do you want to start?
1: Um, yeah, I do. I, I sort of took a bit of an approach to this question in... Um, in the way that you would go, you would go around um, uh, testing things rather than just just getting um, getting into whatever the problem is too too deeply, so that it's really really tough to um, untangle yourself from whatever whatever it is you're finding out that might be taking you down a different path. So, for example, um, when consulting with a, a person on on a particular team, and they're looking to um, to, to solve something that that might take when you you're listening to their, their their needs, you think, "Oh, this is going to take a lot of work." Um, I find that going into into the work with um, a bit of an experiment mindset helps enormously. Um, it's 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 very easy to try and imagine the end state, and then your mind automatically tells you the great deal of work you've got to do to get there, and it can feel very overwhelming and very intimidating, and um, you know, that could come across to the person that's asking you for help. And then you're both sort of overwhelmed and intimidated together. <laughs> and um, I find that when you work with people on an experiment sort of level, so you say, okay, so rather than coming to us and saying, you, this needs to happen and this is a mess and needs to be organized or um, just 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 putting forth solutions, um, it's better to really, really examine the problem before getting into Um, complex solution, I think and going and going at it by this experiment model so coming up with a bit of a hypothesis that you want to test and then coming up with the um, what you what you would imagine to be the um, the minimum viable um, solution to that you know what's the easiest way we can test this hypothesis you know the, the the warmest people that want to work on this the minimum amount of folks, the the least amount of time, at least minimum wherever you can. So, uh, I found that working with folks in that way um, removes that that barrier of that intimidation and that overwhelming feeling that they might have when they're they're looking at tackling um, a problem. And then when they get into it and and working it uh, work on that problem in an experiment mindset, um, it feels that the problem they imagined isn't. Quite as huge and, uh, you know, just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, impossible to tackle than, than it first was because you're just taking it in very small steps and testing it as an experiment and just working with what works and putting aside the things that don't.
0: So what about you? What's been your experience in terms of partnering with the business and, and figuring out how to really solve their problems?
2: Uh, well, so in a very short answer, um, we do ask. Um a lot of people, especially at elevations uh knowledge hasn't been super understood for a long time um so it became it really became a thing in twenty twenty and more so more like direct uh staff devoted to knowledge management um and so as we've grown and as our knowledge delivery system has shifted and changed, we've really wanted to engage our staff and like ask them questions, whether it 's managers you know, workers or support staff and that kind of stuff and ask them, uh, like, what do you guys want? Let's, what's your ideal experience in knowledge? Like in, in the knowledge library and how you access your knowledge um, and how you get the tools to do your job every day. Like, what do you, what's your best ideal state? Because um, really trying to explain them what we do is sometimes hard. It's <laughs> try to like help them understand what knowledge is um is is a complicated answer sometimes and so really once they tell us what they need, what they want and what their experience is then we can show, show them here's what we can do to help make that happen um that's really what I like to do and how I like to approach most business uh problems is really ask like the questions kind of similarly to what Caroline said is like what's what's the state for you and what's the kind of problem you have and when we get that into it usually it's the biggest problem that we've just discovered is organization, um, how our knowledge is organized, how our procedures are organized, how the tools are all where they are in the system and how people access them. And so now we're like, okay, so we've experienced that the biggest thing where people don't like to go and to use knowledge is because they can't find it or they can't get to it easily. And that's those simple steps. And so now our goal is to how can we make this a whole lot more organized? so People know exactly where to go have consistent access and there's it's aligned with the right with the right people um and so that's that's really how we do things we ask the questions and right now the biggest problem is organization and i'm sure that'll change And once the organization problem is solved um but uh yeah so that was we want to engage directly with people so
0: I think there's a couple of really important threads in what both of you said around partnering with the business rather than coming in and, you know, we're from corporate and we're here to solve your problem. Uh, really having that close relationship, asking questions, having that service-oriented model. And then also, Caroline, the design thinking approach, that experimental approach to say, hey, we're going to try something and really get their buy-in from the beginning, I think is really critical. So I think all of that feeds into the the next question that I had, which is um, you know, how how you get the business excited about knowledge management, how you get them to want to take this journey with you. So Sawyer, do you want to start with this one?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, so going back to how a lot of people at Elevations didn't really know what knowledge was, how to find knowledge. And so a big step we, we got to take was teaching. Um, so in 2021, we sh- our knowledge management department shifted to the learning and development team. Um, so I now work with our trainers and our developers as far as our educational side goes. And that's been really cool because now we get to take this KM approach through a perspective of training and education. Um, What that does is we've had a chance to start showing everyone the, the process of information, knowledge, and wisdom, kind of the differences of those things. And we live in an information world, like we're saturated every day with so much information. And so that leads to us having knowledge about all sorts of things. We're all different experts on different areas. And then how to create good wisdom out of that knowledge and good applied knowledge so that people can understand what they need to do and have the tools they need for their job. one of my favorite quotes that I've heard at church and other places is wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. And so being in this realm where we have information everywhere, um, how do we turn information into usable knowledge? And so uh, basically it's it's a very fun puzzle to solve for me, um, for my staff, for my team. I have a team of two people, like it's just me and my boss. (laughs) But um, now we get me to show other staff, our tellers, our bankers, our support staff everyone at the company would get to kind of show them this is the value of knowledge. This is the process of turning information into like the stuff that you have in your head and turning it into usable knowledge and how we can deliver that stuff to everybody. Because we're all, we all have a, we're all really smart. Like we're all really ex like qualified and, and um, have lots of experience and that kind of stuff. So we want to take that, that, that information and that knowledge and get it accessible to other people. So yeah, selling that kind of stuff and going coming out from an educational approach has been super fun and, I think it's created a lot of excitement um, from our staff and support staff as well. Just been like, yeah, let's learn more about this. Let's uh, start using this stuff on a regular basis and um, really start using knowledge in the right way. So, yeah.
0: I think the way you approach it and the enthusiasm you bring to it is so critical to making other people excited about it. So I think that's great. Caroline, what about you? How do you make people excited about knowledge management at Shopify? Um,
1: well, one thing I've done, um, it, it's, uh, it comes really from how I got into knowledge management myself, which was quite serendipitous. Um, and I have to say that when um, I, I was first getting into knowledge management, I didn't fully understand what it was. And um, I, I remember that when I meet folks in the company. Um, because even though I might be meeting them for the first time, and what they're saying to me does does speak of knowledge management, I I always look for that that thing right at the back of all of that, which is do you really 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 understand it, or you think you 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 understand what knowledge management means? And I find that when you get into these conversations with folks, sometimes once you've built trust with them and um, and you're just having a bit of a casual chat, that uh, knowledge management they they do they do have an understanding of it, but it seems a little bit distant from them um it's not something that they they feel is in them and and for me I want to try and um convince people or get them to see how it is in them like the realization I had when I one day got knowledge management and I thought oh I've been doing it all along <laughs> and then I could really do my work so um one thing we did um at Shopify the beginning of this year was we capitalized on um that back to work back to school feeling after after the holidays um and in january we found that uh we get more questions from the business as to how to help them um organize their files and go through things and just have a bit of a tidy up so rather than have a um a support mechanism for them to do that and call it like knowledge management we thought like, let's come away from the words knowledge management and just call it something completely different so you don't even have to know what knowledge management is or interact with those words and and have to think too hard about it in order to um participate in, in this thing so we call it get organized and it had some fun branding, and we put it in the newsletter. And it was, the, and we tried to make it the most accessible thing that folks could could use. So you just go onto um, a page which we we have in our company, sort of like wiki, and it, it's one page, and that's it. There's not too much on it. But there's two things you can do. You can either sign up for a session so that you have like an in-person support on getting organized in a particular thing. Um, could be like organizing your Google Drive or something like that. Um, or if you don't want to do that, um, you can also do this other thing, which we developed these one-minute little videos um, that showed you a productivity hack. So in that one minute, you by the time you'd watched it and you followed along with it, you'd actually made a change to something in your digital organisation, and and it would make life easier for you. So um, so I think and and I'm still on this. So so we did it and it was quite successful. Um, and I, I I feel that that's sort of my thing in knowledge management, if you will, is that outsider that comes in to try and make knowledge management something that people can have that realization like I did which is oh I'm doing it all along or oh I I get it more than I thought I did or and because I think once you have that realization it just it's like um it's like igniting a little bit of a flame you know you you just get that energy and you just think oh it's well maybe not easier than I thought it was but just the fact that you know it's in you rather than distant and far away I just think it makes it way easier for folks to think that it's something that you can tackle and integrate into their lives and they know it's going to make, it, um, make work a lot easier for them um, and have that impact that, they, that they're looking for.
0: I think people get caught up in the term knowledge management and some of the jargon around it. And then when you start to break it down and explain what it really is to people, they say, oh, well, that sounds useful. I I could use that, especially in the shift to more digital working. But I I find one of the other challenges we have in knowledge management is that People who do think they know what it is, they think it's technology and they think it's better search and can we have a chat bot and can we just apply AI to this and that will solve all of our problems. So so I wanted to ask both of you how you emphasize the importance of people and process in addition to technology, supported by technology in in addressing these problems, that we're not just going to plug and play something and and that's going to fix the challenges that we have
2: issue of technology was really what caused a negative stigma across the knowledge idea um, at elevations for the last few years. Um, <clears throat> it was because our site, our technology was so focused on and like when we upgraded all of our stuff to Microsoft 365 and SharePoint online, all these cloud-based things. Um, it was really helpful as far as a collaboration tool, but as far as a delivery tool, people hated it because it was so arduous and it was new and there was no training on it. And it was like, when you have new technology and you rely so heavily on it, it can be overwhelming and people like don't get used to it super easily. So that was kind of our, our shift. Um, this in the last year, in 2021 was like, let's get back to the basics. Let's go back to word documents, back to the easy things as far as procedures and people that are used to these things and comfortable with this. We can still collaborate heavily, but we wanted to rely less on the system telling us all these things to do and more on people and the experience. Um, So that was a big thing. So we've for a long time with process, we've had a very automated workflow as far as kick off this process review and you get an email with this task and an email with this task and it goes down the line of of monthly reviews and that kind of stuff. Um, But now we're, we're changing our focus to having a collaboration meeting. Where it's kind of roundtable discussion and people can feel heard and included and very just like give their feedback on the actual experience of that process and of that procedure. Um, yes, people tend to not enjoy meetings super heavily because it takes up time, you can't be as productive, it could of talking. But we want to change that idea. Um, as well, the meeting can still be super helpful because we want to be able to yeah get tasks done in that meeting but give it a space where people can share ideas and share knowledge and talk about their experience from different roles. So we have someone in this role as a, as a stakeholder and someone in that role over here as a leader or as a creator, um, because that way you can have a very productive meeting where people still feel like they can be heard and included in the actual process and creation uh, and change of that process and the innovation of it. So that's really like, the direction that we're going now to we still use technology obviously like zoom has been a super helpful tool to have meetings and collaboration spaces um and like technology our site is super fun we love having our new site which has pages for tellers and bankers and we have the knowledge delivered in a very specific clean simple way um but that's that's secondary like our search is there and when it's functional and it works but more so we want to get the knowledge sharing practice as a, as a regular thing so people can feel like they can still be a person and not rely heavily on all this search and searchability and all the technology that they need to have access to to get what they need to know. Um, yeah, so that's really how we do it. We just, we change our approach to use uh, technology as a tool to create more people interaction. Um, and that's, that's how we go about it. So, Yeah.
0: Caroline, do you feel like this plays out any differently in a technology organization and also a virtual organization? I mean, you you guys don't you aren't face to face. So you have that technology interaction, you know, technology interface in all of your interactions. Yeah, that's right. And we
1: went um, to a strict remote working model uh, in May 2020 And um, that's certainly changed the game a little bit as far as knowledge sharing was concerned. Um, Some of our company was already working from home um, and had been for a few years before that, but um, all of our company transitioned. So, yes, I would definitely say that um, a lot of conversations we've had in knowledge management have been around um, tooling and the support um, that, that we need from the tool to help us do our job but we find that you know there's that cycle I'm sure there must be some psychological term for it somewhere but you find that you know um, if as folks are trying to learn a tool or not even learn a tool they're just interacting with the tool uh, there, there doesn't seem to be the thought of am I using it to its full capacity or you know am I optimizing how I'm using this tool the thought goes I am frustrated by this particular thing therefore the answer is we need a new tool <laughs> so um yeah trying to break that cycle is, is 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 some of our work and and we've had a little bit of success in that there's teams we're working with I think um you know just touching a little bit on what so you were saying um, building those relationships with people is so so important I think that's the foundational piece and um gathering uh, sorry sorry gaining that trust from the folks that you're working with so that they feel they can be very honest with you and tell you exactly what's frustrating them about something even if you inside are thinking to yourself no you've not learned the tool properly or "You're, you're not following a knowledge management practice properly here to just not come back to them and react that way it's to actually listen and um Hear their frustration and try and see it from their point of view, even if you you feel like you know the answer to it. You've just got to wait and be patient and just listen and listen, because you can you can get in there with them and get into that frustration with them and then try and just sort of sit on their side and see it with them together and say, OK, I totally understand where you're coming from here. Before we, we jump to this particular solution over here where you might want to change the tool, we're not going to say no to that, even if you might think to yourself, it is going to be a no. Um, but we're not saying no to that. We are going to sit in this together. And let me see if I can show you some, some different ways of doing this. And if you like it, we'll keep it. And we'll come back and review this together like you're in charge. Um, and if you don't like it, let's see if we can find another way of doing it. So I, I feel that way works really well because they they feel heard. And they feel like you're going to, like I say, sit in the problem with them. Um, But also that, uh, and and that they have a say, they're not just saying something to you and you're going to shut it down. Um, but also it's really interesting because when you get in into the problem with them and you're watching what they're doing, you can see things you probably might not have seen had you not listened to them. You're like, oh, I see why you're frustrated because you're thinking of it this way. And that's really interesting because actually, and then here's another path you're going down. And so the solution that you might have had in your head initially when you're hearing them and you're kind of on the defensive in your mind and you just want to come back and shut it down um, if you had have done that you wouldn't have seen this process that this person's going through and therefore perhaps the solution you come to is different but better and means that you, you know you're not changing the tool but the way that you're showing them how to solve this particular knowledge management problem is is is, is more elegant than it would have been had you just had that problem solution discussion in the first place so yes I think um, that, that is a very important, it, it's, it takes more time, but I think it's definitely worth it in the end to go through that process, with, process with people. And it also in that very process of trying to solve the problem with them, you're putting the person first and I think they can see that and the trust just goes up even more. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it, it has huge benefits um, to do it that way. Mm-hmm.
0: There's so much therapy in good knowledge management and so much um, of that back and forth. But I, I think it's also so smart to take all of those conversations as a, an input to make the process better in addition to just um, a training opportunity or a problem-solving opportunity for that particular moment or that particular user. So
2: I was going to say like the... The ther- like that point, the therapy that happens in someone sharing their ideas and sharing their thoughts about, uh, like why it's frustrating, like why people were afraid to go to our search site to like try to find something. And it, it's like jumping into an ocean and you have a, ra- a raft with no paddle, like you have no idea, you get lost and you get tossed by the waves. And so no one wanted to go there. And so, yeah, learning about this experience and like the, the problems and how those problems Cause a ripple effect to other things, um, and how those 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 organizations or those frustrations led to bad experiences for the customer, bad experiences for the staff overall, for like anybody. So yeah, it's it's crazy to this, to see and, and to when you start hearing those frustrations and those like honest responses to things, having a direct line to those people and having them be heard and supported, that people's like minds get changed like instantly. You're like, oh, you care about making my life better. Oh, you care about like my experience in my day-to-day work life. Like you want you want this to get better and easier because that's awesome. <laughs> so when they when they start feeling that that connection and that reality from the KM side, you're like, they're like, oh okay, I'm on board with this now. <laughs>
0: I think that everything that you're talking about in terms of the iterative design and the ongoing engagement and the handholding that you have to do is so important for building that buy-in and getting people to, to see the value. But I wanted to ask you, sort of in the broader business context, how you show that you're providing value in the context of people's work with what you're doing at, at, with KM. So, Sawyer, do you want to start this one?
2: Yeah. Um... I will say uh, as far as showing the value, it's still a work in progress on the elevation side because we're developing ways to measure our knowledge management success and like how those uh, metrics are being displayed and delivered. Um, So we're in that research process. Um, However, the biggest driver I think has been seeing um, KM become part of our overarching business plan Um, because we had that negative stigma for so many years it led to inconsistent experiences with our staff and our members. And because we do a lot of surveys with our staff to see how you, how they're doing, how they have the tools they need for their success and for their work life. Um, and because those scores were relatively uh, good and bad in some places, but the knowledge was the big part of that. And literally we had this tool kind of, said, we had this tool that we had paid for and we developed and no one was using it. And so we wanted to figure out why. <laughs> and so We spent a lot of time researching and engaging with staff to figure out why is nobody using this tool. And then changing that and and kind of engaging with leaders, especially with our CEO council and our staff and our our, um, department leaders, like here's why people aren't using it is because they don't feel supported in it. And it's always, there's been so much inconsistency in this thing that no one trusts it. And so once we established the consistent, safe space and like a really solid line of knowledge and what KM looks like and a KM strategy from, from last year, it, people saw that. Like we immediately gained an adoption from leaders and from chiefs and that kind of stuff, showing the value and seeing, the, seeing how the work experience for our staff improved when they could trust that this knowledge site was consistent and they could go to it and get the same experience at the same time. Every time, and that that consistency led to creating consistent experiences for our customers and our members, and so that was very apparent. And now, seeing that value kind of reciprocate like right away in twenty twenty two, that KM is now part of our business plan of having successful knowledge management strategy and organizing our knowledge and having a delivery process that is simplified and easy, and having our knowledge organized and accessible. Um, That's a really it's a really broad way of seeing it, but. By just getting that adoption from our leaders, like, oh, they, they care about this now too. Sweet. Like, that means we're successful. Um, that means that there's adoption from that end. Um, so that's like, that's probably kind of the easiest, most obvious way that we've seen um, the value and we've been able to show the value of what we're doing.
1: I think as far as as far as far we're concerned, um, I wouldn't know where to put us along the maturity scale for KM in, in comparison with other businesses. I definitely know we're absolutely not at ground zero. Um, there's an awful lot of work that's been done. And KM is very much integrated into, into everybody's practice, even if they're not really sure that's what it is or what they're doing. Um, so I think um, for me, in terms of like showing value, uh, we do see more and more, and especially since we've gone digital and the company is growing, um, we have more operations type roles within different departments uh, because the departments are big enough that they need that sort of support. And those folks are coming to us to help so for us to help them sort of as craft experts, for them to help them be really good at their roles so that they can support the department that they're supporting. So I think those organic interactions that are happening to summer, they, they reach out to us and sometimes we proactively reach out to folks if they've just joined the business and we want to say, hi, we're here, we can help you out. Um, I think those relationships show that that there's absolutely value there because no one's turning us away or not coming to us. Um, and that understanding of knowledge management, I think, the, the, um, is, is a lot faster um that That understanding happens a lot faster now compared to maybe experiences I had two years ago when you're talking to folks that there might have been a lot more work that you had to do to get people there, but people seem to sort of pick it up um, a lot faster now um and and they come to you with their pitch to get your help and and they 're sort of pitching k m to k m <laughs> folks <laughs> and so you're like, well, this is great because you're kind of you, you, you've got it and you're asking us for the right sort of support and and uh, and you know let's let's see what we can do. So you know we've got a really good problem I think at the moment, which is we're we're very very busy and uh, and we have like you know talking about bandwidth issues and can we take on another department and help them out? So I think that's a really great problem to have. So I think that in itself shows that it that you know KM is seen and appreciated. Whether it's called knowledge management by some people or not, that it's it's definitely there. Um, and something else that um, I like to do too is, if there's a particular thing we're working on with with a group, like from a project standpoint rather than an ongoing consultant support standpoint, um, is to to make sure before you actually start the project with them, is to gather that baseline metric because i think it's very very powerful when you've done some work with with folks to say over two or three months to go back in and measure and especially not not just data so it's like not just measuring i don't know for example trust scores or number of escalations but actually sentiment so asking people how they feel about their their km or that how things are organized how do they feel what is it how does it make them feel And then assessing that two or three months down the line, coming back and seeing how that sentiment's changed and then publishing that, I think is very, very powerful um, because I don't know if how people feel is is being measured as much as sort of like cold, hard data. I, I like getting into the emotions of things. And I think that speaks to people quite a lot, too.
0: No, I completely agree. I think looking at that employee experience, and then Sawyer, as you're kind of talking about tying it to that customer experience, you get that value path that I think is really helpful. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. Once again, I'm Lauren Trees, and please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research. And our upcoming 2022 Process and Knowledge Management Conference, May 11th and 12th in Houston. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I hope to see you in May.